I just want to say that those of you that were not here last night, that we're back, just for your information. Um, the Lord helped us when we had a good trip uh, to Guyana. It was not easy. And I'm letting some folks know that um, when I'm making a trip like that, I'm not taking anything but myself. So I prefer when I hit the airport, I have the right weight, uh, nothing extra. As a matter of fact, 15 pounds below the right weight. But going to Guyana was a good experience. I appreciate Brother Murphy. He has demonstrated that he knew exactly what God was taking the country into progressively. And so he has a little building that suits the development that's happening in Guyana. Spiritually, we had a good trip. Uh, there were 12 of us from North America that was in that dedication service. Uh, it's a beautiful building. Um, you want to see what the building looked like? Follow me on Facebook. You know I'm on Facebook. But we were back on Friday. Uh, we had church last night and we were here. Sister Chandy was a little bit beat and so she could not have come last night. And it distressed her. But um, we had a wonderful service last night. I shared with this assembly uh, the importance of understanding the difference with God's counsel and the counsel of the ungodly. And we're living today where people, saints of God, are more exposed to the counsel of the ungodly than they are exposed to the word of God and the messages that I preach to save uh, the saints in this day and age. You know, I can make, say, Jesus said, go ye out and make disciples of all men. Jesus said that. And our job, uh, my job, if I'm called of the Lord, is to go out and make, what? Say that again. Make disciples of all men. And that mean men and women. I'm to go out and make disciples. Now here is a statement I like to say. If you're my disciple, keep my commandment. If you're my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. My ways which be in Christ, of course. Jesus told me to make disciples. There's no way to make a disciple of a wandering congregation. No way. If I'm to make disciples, then the principle of discipleship that's found in the Bible must be established in our day. And people must love God, not conveniently, but love God enough to follow in the principles of discipleship today. See, I'm talking to you and things are coming into my head. I've never said that before, that if you're my disciples, keep my commandments. I know people are streaming and they're listening to me saying this, but whether you build a church here or you build one in Guyana or you build one in India or you build one in Africa or England, same seed you plant any part of the world will produce the same results. We don't build a Guyanese church and a Canadian church and an American church. We build a Christian church with the spirit of discipleship and the spirit of Christ anywhere. 
And one of the things that carries the church on is faithful people. And I've had a few faithful people in this church that has never stopped supporting the church over the past pandemic years. And um, I'm thankful to God for those individuals. Well, you see, we make sacrifices to carry the gospel. It was not an easy trip, but when I went there and saw a man dedicated to building the church, and so the country is advancing, so was God really leading Brother Murphy to build that building? A nice building like he did? Yes, God did. There are some people that God's touching. They might not be big preachers that, you know, stand up and shake the whole world. But Brother Murphy is a disciple. I'm talking to you because preaching, preaching, preaching is not as important as communicating to you what's in my mind. And when I was finished and we came back from Guyana, we said, you know what? It's now going to be our last trip. I think I'd like to go back. I think I'd like to work with his people. So I'm glad. We're glad to be back. It's uh, Sister Chandri. God kept her every step of the way. But she did very good for nine days. And I thank God for that. Amen. God has been good. Let's worship the Lord here today.
Recently, we have had very challenging messages. While I was in Guyana, Brother Richard and I, we had a conversation ever so often. I'm glad I spent some time. Uh, you, we were in, in Georgetown in the same hotel uh, from... I think it was Tuesday, so Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday, and then Friday we left. So I had some time to sit and we talked about church, we talked about the work of God. We talked about how <clears throat> difficult it is in these days to find individuals that are true disciples. And of course, I'm not a perfect person. When I say perfect, I can say positively, I've not yet apprehended that which the Lord has apprehended me for. But I'm not where I used to be. And when I rise to my feet and preach a message and I go home and listen to that message, uh, did I listen to the message last night? Yes, I did. Uh, did I listen to messages ever so often? Yes, I do. I always listen to the message one time, two times, three times, sometimes five times. Because, like I told Brother Richard, I said, there are times when the experience an individual goes through is meant for them. 
when I, I talked to this church about giving money. Now, do you think God needs your money? He doesn't. He owns cattle on a thousand hills, the scripture says. He owns all, he owns all the gold and all the silver and all the diamonds there is. He owns it all. He does not need your money. You need your money. And when you give that money, you're really helping yourself, not God. <clears throat> when you have an experience that you're going through, for example, we talked about uh, Paul going to Rome. Paul did not go to Rome because he just liked to stand before Caesar and fight a case. Paul heard that there were saints in Rome. And if he could appeal to Caesar when the Jews wanted to kill him in Jerusalem, then they would, he can appeal to Caesar and he has a free ride paid for by Rome, the Roman government, or whatever the system was in that time, to take him to Rome. Even though he went as a prisoner, he was there and allowed to live in his own hired house where saints would come and spend time with him. And the entire epistle that he wrote <coughs> prior to him making that trip, <coughs> excuse me, that entire epistle has helped me so much in my life. It was not written to me. <coughs> it was written to the saints in Rome that Paul did not see as yet. But he wanted to impart unto them some spiritual gift that to the end they may be established. Paul's trip and sacrifices that he made to go to Rome was not really, when you look at hindsight and you see what happened and where it went and how it ended, you realize that Paul's trip to Rome was meant for Paul. The messages he preached did more for him than it did for the listeners. And that is why ever so often I said last night to this church that I have secret disciples all over the world. People that cannot wait to get a message that they can listen to and memorize and be able to share that ministers share it with their congregations. <clears throat> and ever so often someone would write me a messenger because they don't want to be publicly making a display. <clears throat> One brother, he wrote to me, a young minister, he says, if my fellow ministers know that I listen to you, I would be persecuted. And he was from Gospel Assembly Church. And so when you think about it, there are individuals around the world that thank God when I'm making that trip and thank God that every step of the way they can send some encouraging words to me while I'm making the trip. And it is good to have individuals follow every step that I make and know where I am and be acquainted with what I'm doing because I believe in keeping uh, the saints interested in my journey, acquainted with what's happening. 
If I could have traced Paul's journey on a daily basis, and I was living in that time, and I had Facebook, and he was there, I'd follow him. I would. And so Brother Richard was telling me that, you know, his own people are the least that follows him. I said, that's a common thing with us in the ministry. And maybe the Lord is saving me from getting a heart attack because if I see something like that, oh my God. So the Lord is saving me from giving, getting a heart attack. What saves me is hindsight. When I read the life of the Apostle Paul, I understand from hindsight why he had to be like his Savior, despised and rejected of all men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. If that was done to the Lord Jesus, why should I want a crowd following me? Listen to me carefully. Because recently we have had messages. A message I preached not just recently. Uh, recently was one that talks about golden calves. Brazen serpents. And Philistines' carts. Because for Israel to be saved, they had to eliminate from their mindset gold, uh, golden calves that belonged to Egypt. Brazen serpents that belong to the wilderness experience. And Philistines' carts, methods and methodologies that is used by apostate religions. They had to eliminate that. And so last night I thought the lesson was really a good lesson. Uh, we talked about progressive truth. And one of the scriptures we looked at, uh, which was very important, was Psalms, the first chapter of Psalms. And I know <clears throat> time is, is uh, moving on us here today, but I want to go back here and look at Psalms, the very first chapter. I memorized this old psalm. I don't really need to know uh, to look at it. I can just quote it off the top of my head. But memorizing scripture and living scripture is two different things altogether. And the Bible tells us <clears throat> that whatsoever was written aforetime was written for our learning. I have a beautiful Bible and a lot of materials here. But the early church did not need the New Testament to build the New Testament church. See, the New Testament church that was built in the days of the New Testament period, it was the people that were built, not the building. It was not the structure, it was the people. The church was made up of people, living people. And this church is not this building. This church is made up of people. And if this church is made up of people, faithful people in the church produces a faithful church. Unfaithful people in the church produces an unfaithful church. And that's what history will record, that people who were either faithful, the church was faithful, or the church was unfaithful. 
Stability is contrary to fickleness. And if something will survive in this day and age we're living in, it must be built on the proper foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, and we need more than the Bible to build a church today. Now, what I just said would make hundreds and thousands of people come against me. But I just said it. No apologies. You destroy all the Bibles in the world and I can still preach the gospel and build a church. And I'm not talking about the building. Anybody can do building. I'm talking about the lives that are being changed by the message I preach. And if your life is not being changed by the message I preach, it might be that you're not listening to the message I preach. And so David writes here in Psalms, the very first chapter. I, <clears throat> one of the recent messages I placed on the internet was preaching the truth, but living a lie. I preach the truth, but I live a lie. When I say I'm the body of Christ, that's the truth. The body of Christ is a reality. The body of Christ is a truth. Whether I'm the body of Christ or I'm part of the body of Christ, that's another thing to be considered. Because if I'm saying I'm the body of Christ, but I'm living contrary to the body of Christ and what Christ wants, and he's not the head of the body I'm a part of, then I'm preaching the truth and living a lie. Amen. I only know how to be faithful. I only know how to be faithful. And David writes here, he says, Blessed is the man or the woman that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now stop and listen to me. There are two counsels. Counsel of the godly and counsel of the ungodly. When I preach a message, I'm thankful to God about Joe the back. When I got the message, we put it on a, on a recording system, and then when church is over, I title it, and then I send it by email to Brother Joe, and he takes that message, and he goes through it, and he sees things, little things that he must correct. Uh, you know, if there's a song cut halfway, he's gonna phase it out gradually. So when people listening to the message, on the internet, uh, they could be saved. And then he writes a caption of that message, puts together. But you're reading the caption without listening to the message, you'll still be lost. Amen. 
But a joke could get upset and say, well, I'm not writing anymore. No, no, no. Listening, reading the message that he puts and listening to the message is two different things altogether. And individuals don't read. The other day I posted something on the internet and before I was finished, push, send, a brother, a minister, put like. And I'm glad for the internet because it lets me discover who are hypocrites, who are real and who are of just genuine fakes. COVID-19 was good. The negatives are necessary because it's designed to make us stronger in God. And David is saying, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, if you don't know the counsel of the godly, there's a statement I read in my old Bible. Remember the old Bible? If you can't believe, stand for something, you will fall for anything. If you don't know what the counsel of the godly is, you will suck up to the counsel of the ungodly. And that is why when a negative thing like COVID-19 comes around and you got to go read all this document that the ungodly provide, you can destroy your faith in the process. Listen, none of us are infallible. Every negative came for a reason. And last week we shut the church down because we had a little, little breakout of COVID-19. But I shut the church down because I'm not here to monitor everything. And if Brother Joe had a touch of COVID-19, I didn't want him to stand there and spread it to everybody that's coming. <clears throat> you think... That COVID-19 that attacked this church is not the first time we had cases. Is that the first time we had cases? No, sir. We had cases ever so often. And when you know you have it, you stay home. And if you don't know you have it, then you come and bless some of us with it. But I want to make a statement here now. There's nothing that happens in this church that God does not approve. So whether it's COVID or flu or something else, or nobody gets sick, God has always, is always responsible for everything that happens. So back to the counsel. If a man walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, then he must be walking in the counsel of the godly. Today, I will title this tape, Walking in the Council of the Godly. For you to walk in the council of the ungodly and avoid walking in the council of the ungodly, you must first of all understand what the council of the godly is. Well, what's coming from this pulpit right now is the council of the godly. 
If you watch more television and you're on the internet more than you listen to the messages I preach, you might be walking in the counsel of the ungodly. What about this thing? I don't believe in listening to your message. I believe in memorizing scripture. You can memorize the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and be lost. The Pharisees searched the scriptures daily and they were blind as bats. That when truth came and John the Baptist came, they couldn't accept the man because he was contrary to the trend of established orthodoxy in that period of time. His daddy was a priest. And when you belong to the priestly family, they expect you to dress a certain way. And when God looked at the hypocrisy that existed in Israel, the Pharisees and their long gowns and their way they paint themselves and do whatever, he said, it's time for me to put a pin in their religious ego. And he says, I'm going to use the son of a priest. And the first thing God decided to use the son of a priest to train him in the wilderness. When John was in his mother's womb, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And when he was born, the, the God not only touched his mom to conceive him, God filled him with the Holy Ghost in his mom's womb, but God touched his father and, and he prophesied about John's ministry. And God says all of that is the Holy Ghost working there. And so God sent him to get his training in the wilderness. And so when he went into the wilderness, you think, okay, God is going to use this man. Let him, his dad teach him. No. God wanted to bypass, bypass the established religious mode and method that existed that time because God wanted to put a little different something in. Not that different, but it's a different spirit. So when John's, the, John the Baptist's ministry was ready to start, they saw this man coming out. Who is that man? Is he a body man? Huh? It can't be. Didn't have a white shirt. He didn't have a white gong. He didn't have made, brought his phylacteries or whatever they call that thing. You know, the hem of your garment. No. He came out. The hairdresser that he had was in the wilderness. So his hair was bushy. His garment was refined. Camel hair. <laughs> you think so? You got a camel skin, skin the camel. Was it camel's hair he wore? Yeah. So he got a camel skin the hair, a skin the camel, took the skin, make a clothes out of it. See a man coming out of the bush, wilderness. Who is he? A man of God. There was a man sent from God that did not look like every man that claimed to be from God. 
You know, one of the things the early church never did was when Paul is writing, says, well, I'm glad to be a part of the body, the body, the body, the body, the body, the body. Don't say you're part of the body and you live according to the principles of the world. It's a mockery to God. Don't say you're a part of the body and put a Christmas tree in your house. You're not a part of anything but the counsel of the ungodly. And so whether it's COVID-19 or any other counsel that belong out there, God, if God is not holding priority in your life, you're under the counsel of the ungodly. And that is why blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, I'll tell you who he's walking. Blessed is the man that walketh in the counsel of the godly. I honestly believe that. I'm not a healthy guy. I'm not, you know, like some people. I'm 73. I carry suitcase so much, Brother Dan. <laughs> this shoulder. It's like I need liniment this morning to put on the shoulder. Because you're lifting a suitcase. Do you think the people are lifting it for you? Not these days. You got to lift it yourself. Put it on, roll it in, drag it along. I told Sister Chandra, I said, if you die and leave me, what did I tell you? If you die and leave me, I'd be a very miserable person to the people around me. Because I do a lot of things. He that is married, cared for his wife, how he may please his wife. So a lot of things that she wants and friends and family and all of that, that's fine. I do according to that. If she's gone, I will be liking, I would like my, the pleasure of my own company in the little corner of my house. When God is going to mold a man, he takes him out. You know, every time God is sending a prophet, he never came out from the tongue that he's living in. They looked. Hey, that's Isaiah coming down. Where is he coming from? His little hut or wherever he was living, he was coming. Why is he coming? Oh, God. What is he coming to do? He's showing up because there's iniquity in the land. Why did Jeremiah show up? Because there's iniquity in the land. Why did Hosea show up? Every one of the prophets showed up because people were walking in the counsel of the ungodly. And if God is giving us the counsel of the godly, we've got to first know the counsel of the, ungo the godly before we can walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Because we were born, raised up in the counsel of the ungodly. So last night we used a beautiful scripture in Proverbs. And I'm not done with Psalms 1. I'm going to Proverbs quickly. Uh, last night we did, it says, um, My son, forget not the counsel of the godly, my law. Forget not my law, but let it keep, but keep my commandments. 
For what? Why are you doing this for length of days? You know, Barry's saying, you got to use 6,000 milligrams of vitamin D. I like to use some vitamins every so often, you know, Vanessa. This morning I'm checking my pills and I got 3,000 um, units of vitamin D. Five, I think I used five this morning to make up for what I didn't take when I was on my trip. And then this little pain here, I used some um, glucosamine. I use, like if when I drink it, it goes right into the elbow, you know. It doesn't go there. I'm too old for anything to help me now. It's too gone. What I rub is like temporary relief. Too old to get any changes. I should have, if I knew, Chandri had a plaque one time. It says, if I knew I would have lived this long, I would have taken better care of myself. Too late in the day. That's according to man's understanding, but according to God, for length of days and long life, no matter what age you are, length of days and long life shall it mend and peace, and it'll give you peace. Yeah, we find, you know, some of us, we don't really have peace. We're miserable. Yep, 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 no peace. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Verse 5, lean not to thine own understanding or the understanding of the ungodly. I wish we could teach principles that would give you life. I'm not a medical officer. I'm not a hygienist like I'm sitting here. Uh, standing here, what you call a naturopathic special, nat naturopathic specialist. Well, you know what? This is what is good for you. You know, we try everything. We, if you get a little pain and you got a, and you're not getting healed, you, tr you try things. You know, when I got a toothache, I go to the doctor. I'm so glad that I haven't had a cavity for maybe 15, 20 years. I'm glad. But why didn't I have a cavity? Because I brush every day. You know, <clears throat> excuse me having fun today. I have fun preaching the gospel. See, if you're like me, I go and I got this special equipment, you know. I look at a man in Guyana, Brother Jayu, when he was growing up. I said, man, you've got good teeth. What do you use? He says, there's something called black sage, a piece of stick. I go in this little plant, I cut a piece of stick, rub the end, and, yeah. and I said, that gave you good teeth? He said, yeah. I don't have electric toothbrush and all that kind of stuff. I don't have a water pick. And you know the last time I went to the hygienist for a dental cleanup? The only thing left for her to ask is, why do you come? Your teeth is already clean. 
but there might be little areas that I can't catch, so I go. She said, you did a good job. <laughs> of course, I cleaned it before I went too. I don't know why I clean it when I'm going for a cleaning. <sighs> See, there is a principle called the Word of God and the counsel of the godly that will give you life. God is not a liar when he says you're blessed. When you're not controlled by the counsel of the godly, that will happen. And so, when the, the, the Proverbs, he went on, he says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, give God the glory. In all your ways. But I got to know your ways. And when I hear you say, well, you know, here's what happened. You know, one of the most beautiful things for me is to know a little bit about you. We are here. I'd like to know what job Jason is doing. I'd like to know what his problems are. I'd like to know, Sister Polly, when I see you come on in, I'd like to know which party you're hurting today. Uh, it might be easier to say which party is not hurting today. You know, you come on in. When I don't see you, I know that Kay might not be well. That's why she's not transporting you. You know, like I think about it. I think about individuals. What's hurting? What's not hurting? i like to know, what are your plans for the future? Is there a good relationship between the husband and wife? i like to know that. But you know what i really like to know? <clears throat> Sit down with Brother Hammond one day and find out, what, tell me about your boyhood days. Were you a good boy? Were you a bad guy? Were you a naughty guy? i like to know. Because we are individuals, we are in one body. And it's sad if my right hand don't know what the left hand is about. But you see, we, the devil has successfully isolated us. Hey, you mind your own business and I mind my own business. It can't happen in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, we mind each other's business. And when we try to isolate ourselves, we're not building the body. We're dividing the work of God. I don't think, unless you got personal sins and like that, you don't want it to spread around, just let your light shine. But it's good to have people acquainted with what you do. When somebody said, well, you don't need to tell everybody anything. That's not true. We're a body. Sometimes I walk across and say, what you had for breakfast today? Because I want to find, no, 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 because I like to know you. We build a body, members one of the other. And if there's contamination in one member, it affects the body. So when you sit there and you feed your mind on junk, and you come and you're a part of us, it affects us. It affects the worship. It affects the smooth operation of the work of God. And when Paul, um, Sol Solomon went up, he says, um, verse 8, when you keep the commandments of God, it shall be help 
health to thy navel. And where is that? Uh, verse 8. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to your bones. When you honor the Lord with your substance. See, somebody get blessed, the church get blessed. It's good to have a will and put the church in your will. Um, one brother told me one time, he says, my pastor said that I should put my entire will to the church. I said, that pastor need to be shot. You got a family of five or six children. They ought to be in your will, <clears throat> but you still paid some tithes. Because if you got insurance and you got your dead, some money should come to the church, right? Because you're a supporter of the church. But your family holds priority when it comes to your responsibility. You're supposed to support the people that are with you. And Solomon went on, I'm going to give myself 10 minutes. Is that fine? Y'all give me permission? Yes. Why don't y'all say no sometime, you know, like, no, no, we're not giving it. Well, tough luck. And Solomon went on here. <clears throat> he says, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. When God bless you, bless the church. Try not to backslide after you bless the church. I had a saint uh, brought, um, they sold their house. And put their tights for the house. And then um, <clears throat> it was very nice. We were not doing too bad. Uh, we are not doing too good financially. And then a sister come and she gave me uh, an offering. And she said, this is for the church. And I look, uh, is that right? You, you, you really fill it out right? Yeah. Is it 2,400? No, 24,000. Thank you. And then she backslid two months afterwards. If you plan to backslide, give a good check and then. <laughs> That's what she did. The lady supported the church with $24,000 and she backslid after that. Maybe it was too strenuous. I don't know why I'm turning to look at Brother John all the time. But, um,. Solomon went on, he says, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Uh, he tells about how the blessings will come on you. And you see, there, there's a principle God operates by. That if we keep the commandments of God and we follow the Lord. I'm not talking about playing Brother Singh's message all day. I'm talking about walking in the message all day. It must affect your lifestyle all day. Some of you don't ever even listen to one of the message. Well, you know, I don't have the kind of device. Then get it. We're living in the 21st century. Get with it. I'm not very wise when it comes to electronics and all of that. But I get along with it. I use it to a certain extent. You need to get acquainted with it. And listen to the message. It's on Spotify. It's on a lot of um, podcasts. Different podcasts that you can anchor. Or even get it on some Google or something like that. Do you know this? The last night I sat down there and nobody was around. And I put YouTube on. 
And I said, Desmond Singh. I never knew there were so many Desmond Singhs uh, that's available. And the last one that it shows looked like me. As I put it on, put a push at the play button, and I'm starting to hear me on YouTube. But it looks so good on the big screen. Only thing it was just a still picture with the voice. I'm on YouTube. Search me out sometime. I'm on Facebook. Search me out sometime. I'm on Spotify. Search me out sometime. If you're my disciples, deny yourself of the counsel of the ungodly. Take up your cross and learn to follow my teachings that I put in this church. If you're my disciples, keep the commandments I preach unto you. I'm not God. I'm just preaching what God puts in my heart. Keep it. Stop talking about truth and living a lie contrary to truth. This message can save you if you have ears to hear and follow this. I got five minutes left. And it says here, <clears throat> when God is working with you, now here is what it says, it shall be held to your navel, praise the Lord. Length of days, praise the Lord. Well, why did God put in verse 11? My son, length of days, son, navel, healthy navel, son, Despise not the chastening of the Lord. Why is he chastening me? I thought I was supposed to be healthy. No, no, no. The health of the Lord is conditional upon elimination of evil from your life. And the chastisement that God works in our life is to cleanse us from inherent golden calves, brazen serpents, and Philistine's cart mentality. So when God brings Israel out of Egypt, that's why we talked a little bit about it last night, they still want to go back to Egypt to get things done. Um, let me see here, there's a scripture I had written out here in Isaiah. Uh, leave, I got my finger in Psalms 1, but I don't think I might go back there in Proverbs, the third chapter, and then Isaiah. Chapter 30 in Isaiah, <clears throat> in chapter 29, the Lord condemns Israel. He does this all the time. Isaiah is telling them in chapter 30, 29, verse 13, For as much as this people draw near to me with their mouth, I worship you. For half an hour. Then I go worship myself. And I worship the internet. And I worship the principles of the world. And I worship everybody else. My doctor gets more worship. Than God does. See worship is not a talk. It's a walk. It's a walk. And. If the walk that I'm walking. The doctor gets more attention, the medicine cabinet gets more attention, the internet gets more attention, then who am I really worshipping? 
Do you understand me? But mouth, it sung so good, brother sing, uh, that worship sung so good. No, worship, we might sung so good, but God, he looks at the heart. And Isaiah tells them, he says, this people is worshiping me with the mouth really good. They sound really good. He says, but they're in lips, they honor me, but have removed their hearts after other gods. And the counsel of the ungodly is predominant in their life. In verse chapter 30, verse 1, he says, Woe unto the rebellious children that goes to the ungodly for counsel. They go down and say, The Lord that take counsel, but not of me. He says, They take counsel. See, God is a jealous God. Listen to me for a moment here. He says, God is a jealous God, and He looks at your life. Who do you take counsel from? I mean, we're to use this world, but we can't let the world direct our lives. If what we're involved in is robbing our spiritual development, then God must help us. God is telling Israel, Woe unto you, you damn your own soul. By taking counsel for the ungodly. He says, uh, they want a covering. He says, they, but not of me. He says, they cover with a covering. Well, you feel the spirit in search today. Is it really the spirit you feel or the flesh or your emotions? Israel did that. Israel created an atmosphere that they say we are covered with a covering. Do you feel this covering today? Well, if it still keeps us sin in our lives and it keeps rebellion working in our lives, then the co covering must be questioned. Was that really God or was that just emotionalism? And it says, God says, but it's not my spirit. They add sin to sin. It is so sad when a people that's religious feel that God's there, the spirit is there, but the spirit is not really there. We're the body of Christ, but in Christ's sight, we are so much contaminated that it's an embarrassing thing to say he's the head of it. We plan and hope that he fits in to our agenda. But Antoine came up to me and he says, Brother Singh, I want your take on this. I'm not going to have a meeting every year. I want to skip every year and have a meeting. I say, you know, that sounds very good because Israel had 70 feasts for the year and we have, no, Israel had seven feasts for the year and we, Gospel Assembly has 70. And we are all Jews. No, we're not Jews. We're Gentiles. We need to get the mentality of the Gentiles out of our hearts and bring Christ in. Time is gone on me. Read just the next verse. That day, he says, they take counsel at sin to sin, that walk to go down to Egypt. The counsel of the ungodly. They're out of Egypt, but their hearts are still going down. They need some old stuff. Uh, the old brazen serpents, you know, get, get the thing out of the closet, go back to the mentality of our past. We've got to be able to analyze that this evil is progressive. Truth must be progressive. 
Nadine says, Dad, progressive sounds like a bad word to use for evil. Well, let me change that. As evil advances, truth must be, must be progressive. Sounds better. Amen. Thank you. Telling the preacher what to preach. <laughs> Sometimes it works. That's really good. I can't say tr evil advan um, progresses. It really, but it advances. Truth must be progressive. Amen. We must be able to understand evil today and understand the difference with the counsel of the godly and the counsel of the ungodly. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf shall not wither. All because he walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, but in the counsel of the godly. We need to listen to the word of God more. We need to follow scripture some more. We need to find out what God is saying some more. We need to understand evil as it exists today so God can help us to defeat evil in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for another day in your house. Thank you for this time we spent together. We pray that you'll encourage our hearts. Teach us your ways, Father. We're not smart enough to know it by ourselves. We need your spirit more than ever. We need you, Lord. Touch our minds, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.